and welcome to the latest episode of Racing Only Better, where I am in terrific form. As you can see, anybody watching on YouTube will see that I'm not in England or Ireland and I'm having a lovely time. And I'm just delighted to see that the boys are in their usual positions. TC is in his box room. How are you, TC? Look at this for a view. Some horses are going to start jumping behind me here. It's your back garden and you're not posh, Aaron. <laughs> Look, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually, from Yorkshire. <laughs> oh, she said, I own Yorkshire. Do you know what? Honestly, I, I got it sliced in two. I wish I was as posh as everyone seems to think I am. It's the accent that scuffers me, but the reality is, is it's it's not like that. I promise you. I've, yeah. I've just walked down to Bastard Sainsbury's, and you just bug it off to Portugal for the day. I was in Ditchy yesterday. I was working hard for Team Betfair, and then I thought I'd treat myself with 24 hours away just to reset, you know, get it. I mean, I'm actually here to see a man about a dog type job. Well, well, so. some, someone posted that, um, some picture of two middle aged, stroke old age people. Yeah. What was that from? I don't watch. Was so basically, it? I can beat him. Oh, <laughs> well done, Dan Barber. Everyone Thank get you. on YouTube to watch this episode. Uh, excellent. Look at you in the Caribbean. Tony, <laughs> that was that was in relation to the fact that somebody said that me and Paul Nichols looked like the middle-aged, like, like middle-class couple from Gogglebox, basically, <laughs> in the picture that I put up. And when I reflected on it, we really did. So I got a good laugh out of that. I'm a, bad, I'm a bad one for OCD. I'm already thinking about how many pairs of underpants do I need for Cheltenham week and stuff like that. But I was freaked out. Both of you had shoes on. On the living room carpet. That's, that's a real no-no. <laughs> yeah, and his, his socks got a fair bit of stick. But anyway, on that note, stay tuned for that coming out on Friday evening because he is spicy on one topic in particular to the point that I was like, okay, okay, right, well, we'll just move on then. Oh, oh, oh. So it was a great interview, but well, definitely worth... He shouldn't be having young kids when he's 60-odd, should he? <laughs> oh, Tony! God's sake, right. <laughs> Dan, you're in Barbados or the Caribbean. How are you? Quick check-in. Let's get on with tipping some horses. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I think we've established that. Good, good. Right. <laughs> and, and you, Kev, all good with you? Yeah, good form, good form. I was over in Sky Sports last night and kind of shot back there not long ago. So, yeah, we're, we're grand, yeah. Yeah, so I love that. Like, Kev's a jet setter too, but yeah, I'm the one that gets all this bloody abuse. It's just so unfair. Yeah, I, anyway. I'm, I'm working. It's hardly freaking that, is it? Who's to say that I'm not working right now? I'm to you. say you're not working right now. <laughs> you have no idea, Kev. I'm out here grafting for every dime. Let, it, let me tell you that. Right, uh, let's move on. Come on, Kelso is the big uh, meeting of the weekend and we've got some very interesting runners in there, courtesy mainly of Emmett Mullins coming over from Ireland, looking for the bonus, of course, at Cheltenham, but we will come to that in due course. Before we go any further, TC, weather watch, please. What are we saying? Cold, hot, wet, dry? Tell me. Um, not, not a lot of rain around. I'll, I'll just read this out. Kelso, good to soft, soft in places. No more rain forecast. Doncaster, good, good to soft in places. But they've been watering on Friday, Monday, Tuesday and today. We're recording this Thursday afternoon. So God knows what that's going to ride. Anubri is good. They put 10 mil on on Wednesday and Thursday today. So... But that, but that's due to be good. But with that twenty mil in the last couple of days, again, who knows? Okay, very interesting. Should we kick on then with Kelso? 
We've got a whole host of racing to take from there this weekend, obviously all live on ITV on Saturday. And we can start with the 115, which is the Novices Limited Handicap Chase. It's over the two miles, five and a half furlongs. And Sherlock Jack is up at the top of the market, 11 to 8 currently for the skeleton team. Bill Baxter in there next for Sean Bowen. Warren Greytrex, 4 to 1. Castle Ocean in there for Nicky Richards at 4 to 1 as well. Um, TC, let's start with you for Kelso, I think. Yeah. Uh, take it away, please. Any strong bet in this? Just the seven runners. Yeah, you were just about to say Bill Barber then, weren't you? <laughs> oh, as I was, I was. I know you were. I know you were. Uh, anyway, I like Bill Barber in this as well. No, Bill Baxter, yeah. Uh, obviously, Sherlock Jack is the obvious one at 11 to 8. Um, but I think that's a little bit too short. I thought Bill Baxter was really, really solid. And uh, the Sportsbook are top price at fours at the moment at the time of recording, and that just looks too big. Um, it just seems to have turned a corner since uh, had the wind off in October. Uh, beat a subsequent winner first time out at Lingfield, then won over course and distance. And then he had a very strange fall at Hereford last time. It was kind of like Galloper and Deschamps type fall. Jumped the, jumped the fence perfectly four out of Hereford, just crumbled on landing. Um, given, a, given a while to get over that. Um, I think he's progressive. Warren Greatrex is having a, a welcome return to form in the last few months. Yeah, I thought Bill Baxter was too big at fours. I'd have him back him at three. So Bill Baxter, a four to one in the opener at Kelso. Mm, I wonder if the first sports book offers for this. Mm. Any news, Vanessa? Do you know what? I think there might be a sports book oh, offer. Yeah, I'm right. Uh, bet 10, get 10, guys. The usual thing on a Saturday from now until Cheltenham. Of course, this is our, well, two Saturdays to go. It's the bet 10, get 10 offer on racing multiples. Do not forget it like me because it is a very good offer. Have a £10 bet on racing multiples and get a free £10 bet on the sports book. But do read the show's description for the T's and C's because you don't want to get caught out and you need to opt in. Dan. Thank you very much for that. That is why you're my number one sidekick. Brilliantly played. Thank you, pal. Uh, are, you, are you team Bill Barber in this as well? I am, yeah. It's just, just a <laughs> Bill Barber double. I, I view it exactly the same as TC, actually. The, the okay. Sherlock Jack was very impressive at Lingfield. Didn't really have to come off the bridle, but it felt almost too good to be true. It was, it was such a perfect Ooh. performance, but... I'm with Bill Baxter on the basis. Tony says he's very solid. He's taken well to chasing. And the day he won here, I think that's basically fairly strong for him. He beat a horse who came into it on the back of a chasing debut win for Harry Whittington. Ground him down late. I'd prefer softer ground, I won't lie. But I think the discrepancy in prize is enough to, to risk him. Okay. And what about you, Kev? Any strong view in this race? Yeah, tell those lads behind you to shut up, Vanessa. We're trying to record a podcast. Mother of God. What a shout in there. I thought it was a point They're trying to build a court out here. It's the 135 and a Yeah, tell them to do it quietly. Yeah, I'm actually really similar view to the lads, actually. Shot Jack, like, very impressive, but looked an awful race, really. Um, no depth to it, up 11 pounds, the very best of luck. But uh, the, the old Bill Barber, Bill Baxter, um, uh, yeah, like, like Tony says, like it was, it was a bit of a weird fall. Um, that like was jumping perfectly well and just seemed to jump the fence perfectly well. And yeah, it just came down for whatever reason, but was on a good march prior to that. I was certainly traveling fine, you know, four out, plenty of running left to do. But uh, at the prices, I take my chance with Bill Barber slash Baxter. <laughs> wow okay full house love it on we go i'm loving the vibe of this already i think it's because i'm two gin and tonics in in the sunshine but anyway oh, the one 
The 150 at Kelsey. I joke, Barry, before we have a break. Yeah, 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 hashtag not a joke. That's hashtag. actually four. It's actually four. Don't be so ridiculous. It's not two. When I drink gin and tonics at home, the, honestly, it's at least six gins in one. In one yeah, to be clear, CC, I'm not at home. I'm no, but that's that's why that's why you never. I never tend to drink gin and tonics when I go out because they give you a, <laughs> a single or a double. You can't even like you taste it. Right, yeah, look, the, I'm, those eight, those English singles, which are smaller than the Irish ones as well, shocker. They are right on. We go. We've we've diverted here. The one fifty, the more battle. All eyes will be on this. McTigre up at the top of the betting seven to two for Emmett Mullins. Donna Myler in the saddle. Emmett with three runners over here in the UK on Saturday and looking well. This is the first step of what could be a very shrewd bonus scheme here ahead of the Cheltenham Festival. Down, we will kick off with you can the four-year-old do it in the more battle uh, well we've had a bit of a chat about this on whatsapp particularly tony and i um in the group and he's just a very clever man isn't he um him and paul Byrne, etc and it does look an extremely well-crafted plan a few people were proposing to me that if he wins this race and if he goes for the bonus at Cheltenham, the five-pound penalty would allow him to run in the pipe race but i don't see why they try a new trip with him and if your all systems go for the pipe race, you basically need to win this. He's still got the Fred Winter as an option. If he runs well, um, he can still go for that. They won't have the bonus to go for, but they'll still be able to win a Fred Winter, which I'm sure they want to do. And, yeah, I'm and, not and you were saying, Dan, explain if he, if he, go, if he wins yeah. this and goes for the Fred Winter, he, he won't have to actually carry a penalty. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. So the condition of the race dictate that you can't carry more than the allotted top weight. So in this instance, <laughs> It's 11.10, I think, or 11.12 at 12, 12, yeah. 11.12. So even if he wins, he'll basically be off the same mark. Whereas if he ran in the pipe race, he needs the penalty get to get a run, but he'll be £5 worse off, albeit he'll have an age allowance. So it just looks another well-crafted plan by, you know, a connection to... I've I, I, I rate myself but for knowing loopholes and things like that, but they seem to be a step ahead and... Um, <laughs> I'm not interested in this race specifically, but I am interested in this potential angle of backing this horse to win the Boodles non-running no bet. And I don't think he'll do much damage, to be honest, because if he doesn't run well in this, I don't think he'll run at Cheltenham. OK, interesting angle. They're a shrewd team, but our very own Dan Barber is a shrewd operator himself. So I like that way in. What about you, TC? How are you viewing the more battle? Yeah, I fully see the... I can fully see that horse going. I mean, if he wins this well off 142... It'd, yeah. probably be, it'd probably be the form horse going to the triumph, possibly. And he was yesterday, he was 66 to 1, non one and no bet for the triumph, which I did have a little nibble on, as well as uh, the 14s, non one and no bet for the boodles. So, yeah, if he wins this off 142 and he wins it well, he is the form horse for the triumph, isn't he? How would they, I think they'll probably go to some extent. How would they? What price would it be for a Triumph versus a Boodles after winning this? No, I'm, I'm just making it. He'd be, be a very short price in the Boodles with no penalty. Yeah. He's got Gaspara vibes, hasn't he? The Imperial Cup winner. Yeah. Anyway. Um... <laughs> oh, God, bad memories of that. Remember, remember when Gaspara was going for the, the double and Martin Pipe was going around singing the song? Gaspara, Gaspara. I remember. Wow. I remember they worked the magic to get him down to a really good market. Newton Abbott one day and uh, Danny Cook, I love the bloke. What a great jockey he was. And he went the wrong course when he was claiming. Oh, <laughs> in the no. straight and you can have it. Yeah, anyway. Go on, um, then. I bet, I bet Nichols really wanted to smash his foxy little face around <laughs> <laughs> Gaspar. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, 
Focus, please. Focus. Uh, yes, uh, I back Nayati, <laughs> 16s each way with a sports book <laughs> five places. Sports book yeah. five places here. Um, the reason being is, and I'm, I know this is a like, I don't have a loving with the jockey, but Brian Hughes gave this no kind of ride last time at Musselburgh. <laughs> Honestly, it, I, I know you think Ricard. I'm anti Hughes, but go and have a look at that ride. It was like unbelievable. The lack of urgency. Was was terrible. Uh, went round the inner. Probably wasn't ideal either. But no, I'm I'm giving. I'm rising off that. If you go back and have a look at his earlier Musselburgh win, um, the seconds come out one. He actually won the race that he wasn't uh, unduly persevered with at Musselburgh last time. So the seconds come out one next time. The third come out one next time out, and so did the fifth Hong Public. He's only three pound higher here. Um, yeah, I, I really think Nayati is is a very good bet. Five places. Uh, there is some twenty fives knocking around, and you might get a lot. Um, you might get a lot bigger uh, on the exchange as well, because obviously he doesn't have the sexy profile of the single price horses. But yeah, Nayati sixteen to one each way, five places. Okay. And I don't know anything about the five pound claimer, but I'd rather have the weight, uh, the five pound, um, uh, rather than use back on board. Okay, uh, you don't like Hughes as much as our very own Kevin Blake doesn't right, like Nicky Henderson. It's a personal Kevin, and I don't mind staying. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, uh, over to you, please. Obviously, Lorna Fowler's got Colonel Mustard in her her stable stall. Well, any interest in any other horse away from the favourite? Yeah, look, look, Mac Tiger. I love an old plot and the plan and the bit of intrigue as much as anyone. But like, we we shouldn't be forgetting that this horse like ran motherless last time. Um, ran awful like completely tailed off and I'm sure we'll be producing better shape here now but just off the mark now it just wouldn't make loads of appeal to me um, the very best to look to them um, whereas Colonel Mustard the one you mentioned for, for Lorna Fowler um, mm. has some serious form in the book like Jesus look at that run in the in the county hurdle last year like third to statement obviously you know stone and a half well in first fleet second he was you know 10 pounds plus well in and Colonel Mustard was right there on top of them Um you know, ran in the grade one after that, a little bit disappointing, but we can always forgive Aintree, has had two runs over fences this season. They've been perfectly fine, but hasn't managed to win, bumped into some good ones. And just, I, I suspect this might have been a bit of a target now for the last couple of months, holds an entry in the county again as well, so you can see the thinking. And I think that's that's high-level handicap form. Look, has to carry top weight, etc. cetera. But um, I, I thought it was very interesting. Look, I, I'll always lean towards Irish horses in competitive handicap hurdles in the UK. Um, so I, I think they're generally treated reasonably well. And um, yeah, he, he'll, uh, he'll do for me. Brilliant. Okay, on to the 225. This is the grade two. It's the novices hurdle over the two miles, two furlongs. And it's that man again, Emma Mullins, Donna Myler, up at the top of the market with Farrow Nilly at five to two currently. The mean lion is in there, second best for Kerry Lee and Richard Patrick at nine to two. Colonel Harry in there for the Snowden team, 11 to two. Accidental Rebel for Fergal O'Brien, been an excellent horse for him this year at seven to one. Stepping up in grade down. We will start with you here for the novices hurdle, the grade two. Um, is it going to be a double on the day? For Emmett Mullins? It might be. I know he didn't win a bumper, but he was placed at grade two level and was placed on his debut as well. I think he is probably very exciting, but he'd be less interesting to me. It's his first run over hurdles. We've got established form here. I like the established form of Nami and Lion, really. And as an ex-flat horse, no, Tony's mentioned in the past, he had a lot of form on in the mud in France, but just thinking his strength is speed, ultimately, and 
a slight step up in trip, admittedly, but I've, I think less testing ground, which he'll encounter, is probably in his favour. I think he'll be able to use his speed a bit better. And there's a few sort of promising jumpers in this race, but whether they've got the toe to cope with a sharp track like Kelsum, it's one of those tracks, isn't it, that it's when it's testing, it's very testing and a slog, but when it's quick ground, it is a genuinely sharp track, this, and I think that suits him a bit more than a few of the jump spread horses against him. Okay, TC, what about you in here? Um, I mean, I think that the Irish horse is very short at the top of the market at five to two for what he's done so far. Yeah, you just don't know what way that's going to go in the market, do you? Obviously. No, exactly. No. That's, that's my fact. Exactly. So, um, I suppose you could say the same about McTighe in, in, in the Moor battle. But yeah, I'm, I'm a damn. And me and Lyon, sports back up, uh, top price at nine to two. He just looks the most solid horse to me. Um, you know, he's got group two form over mile seven. I think the slight step up in triple suit is going to be, you know, it's going to be good to soft ground, isn't it? It's got, I think it's going to be drying out a little bit. So I think the soft patches might, might, you know, fall by the wayside. Yeah. I mean, the interesting one and it, the horse might just be coming over to keep Colonel Mustard, um, Colonel Mustard company on the way over. But I thought Banjax to opened up forties with a sportsman this morning's, it's into 25s now, and that's still the top price. That was very interesting because he, he travelled and shaped really well behind a, a Mullins hot pot uh, first time out. And um, the Mullins horse is entered in the, well, what what many Mullins horse isn't entered uh, in the <laughs> Albert Bartlett and Ballymore. Uh, I thought that was quite interesting, Banjax, but haven't had a bet yet. Not sure I will do, but if I am going to, me and Lion will be top of the list at 92. Okay, well, Banjax, as you said, currently 25 to 1 for the Lorna Fowler team, uh, the outsider of the field currently. Um, should we move on to the three o'clock oh, over the two hours? Don't forget, five? Kev. Oh, sorry, sorry, Kev. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Take it away, Kev. Uh, I give it a shout to Colonel Harry, another Colonel. Ah. Loving the Colonel is today. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jamie Snow, like, ran well in the tall work background. Um, you know, jumped out to his left, uh, went back that the, the the right way around for him in Newcastle, and um, you know, one reasonably wild up was a short price, was entitled to win, but um, I I'd say better ground might be a help to him now, and like for me, this is wide open. I, I wouldn't like the fav as such, lovely prospect, etc. This is fair and fair and lily, um, but they'll probably be delighted if finishes third or fourth, really, you know. I don't know what they're thinking. He's he's won a point to point, so maybe they're thinking about going over fences with him next season anyway. But you know, generally late in the season, you don't want to be giving up your novice status, you know, uh, and, unless you're really getting paid for it, which they would here. But I, I don't know. I think they'd be happy to finish third or fourth myself. Um, so Colonel Harry, this will be a big one for him, and um, I, I, I think he'll run very well. I think his price is very reasonable. He's got much better form than a few of those that are shorter than him. Yeah, Colonel Harry currently 11-2 with Betfair on the sports book. So, as you say, probably a bit of value, especially against the favourite, who I personally think is too short. On to the three o'clock, two miles, five furlongs. It's the handicap hurdle. Um, Dance with the Wind is the favourite for Harriet Graham, three to one. Man's Glory in there for Richard Newland. Charlie Hammond in the saddle, nine to two. Nell's son with that wind operation for Nicky Richards, 11 to two. Santos Blue in there for Team Skelton with Ben Sutton claiming seven on. Interesting booking at six to one. Well educated. Uh, next best at round sixes as well. Uh, TC, we'll start with you here for the three o'clock, please. I've had a right go on one in here. I really oh, here we it. go. Uh, I bet enemy coast ahead at 40 to 1 each way. Um, wow. Uh, it's like it's really interesting, this horse. It was in the Moor battle, 
Um, but one of the horses that got balloted out is a rarity this season, you know, um, a, a big handicap filling in them some. But yeah, I mean, really interesting. I, mean, he, he, I think this is more of his trip anyway, this two mile five and the two mile of more battle. But he's had two starts for Katie Scott, uh, but they've, they've both been here, but they come on heavy ground. And this horse when with Ollie Murphy just needs a decent surface, which he's going to get here. Now he has been dropped seven pounds for those two uh, heavy ground uh, performances. And I think, you know, off a mark of 116, um, he, he could do some damage here. I mean, that's, you know, that's eight pound lower than when a good fourth to Dashiell Drasher at Newbury uh, and a good second after that to base rock at uh, Adair. Uh, and I just think he's really good. They put first time cheat pieces on and Katie Scott's one from 10. Uh, with cheap pieces, but they've all been big prices. And she's also had three seconds and a fourth, uh, three seconds and a third. So she's got a really good record with the headgear. And um, Katie's got, got a lot of time for. She's had two of her last three winners of one at 16s and 11 to two, both on the flat. Yeah, and I just think, you know, on this better ground with the cheap pieces, with a stable in form, you know, that back from, it comes back to that that fourth to Dash and Drasher, then, you know, he's in business. I think 40 to one's, Enormous. Have to be the ones with the sports book, and it's also genuinely available as well. I mean, I'd quite happily back him at uh, twenty-five upwards. Yeah, it was still forty to one with the sports book, as you say. The rank outside, the next best is thirty-threes. But Tony has sought out a bit of value there, Dan. You can't match that. But where did you land in this? Uh, yeah, I, I, quite the opposite <laughs> of matching. You know, I actually fancy Santos, <laughs> Santos Blue quite strongly. Um, in the back of my mind, my, an old pal of mine, Rafferty's return, really likeable horse, I wanted to go chasing. Part of me thinks he might be able to nick it around here, but there's also a set of circumstances which I think just will set it up for something ridden a bit more patiently. And I just think Santos Blue is miles ahead of his mark. He's had two goals in handicaps. He's won them both. Chepstow was so striking. He went from He came from a long way back, which I don't think you really want to do at Chepstow very often when the ground isn't bottomless. It was good ground there. He looked in trouble briefly, and then he just snapped back on the bridle. It was remarkable between three out and two out. He's obviously gone up in the weight because he won back-to-back handicaps, but I don't think 120 will stop him. Um, the rider who had a bad injury at Bangor earlier in the season when he was riding over fences looks fairly promising. I mean, better than his old man. His old man used to be a bit of a comedy figure, I think, riding Hunter Chases, but young Ben has ridden plenty of winners, I believe, in points, looks polished, riding for his old man. And look what No-No Tonic did next time. Santos Blue kicked him out, kicked her out of the way. She's since, I know she's a nine-year-old, but she's since gone to Chepstow and been beaten. And that's, you know what, in a close finish uh, with a pair of little way clear. I think Santos Blue is a really interesting handicapper who will be rated 130 plus at some point. So I've got to keep backing him until he's beaten, really. Are you worried okay. about the overall form of the Skelton Yard, Dan? Because I know Flegmatic ran really well, and you know a lot of the lesser horses are being been been you know rolled out before the Cheltenham in mind. But I'll confess to honestly, I hadn't it hadn't occurred to me. If that's something that's been in play in people's discussions, I've they've had. No, no, no I, just, I, was, by, I was just looking at it because I was looking at the Sherlock Jack and like, like he's he's operating at a strike rate of about seven percent recently, and some of them have been running like drain. Some of them have been. You know, he's had winners like Picar and Phlegmatic, obviously very close last week, but generally it's real stinkers. Is this a jab thing? No, not really. Uh, I just think, you know, because of um, 
Nichols, it used to be said, didn't his old boss that they'd have flu jabs and they'd have a quiet spell. But I mean, Santos Blue was winning and looking in really great nick only three weeks or so ago. So I'd hope he'd still be he'd still be fine. Kev, what about you in the three o'clock at Kelso, please? Absolutely no worries about the stable form. Dan Skelton, uh Santos <laughs> Blue just wins, I think. Yeah, Dan has said it said it all there. To me, like watching his last two. Um, he looks to be a horse that's kind of waking up. Like they took a they took a steady approach to him um, over hurdles. Um, got his mark of one hundred one, and he just he he won off one hundred one. You know, workman like enough, but he was quite impressive last time. And I'd say there could be at least one more in him, and possibly two, and hopefully this will be one. Brilliant. Okay, two votes for the Skelton Yard. Um, on to the three thirty five at Kelso last race. It's just UTC here. I'm afraid. Small field, obviously, Zanzar is in here, priced up, but has first preference down at Newbury. So as a result, the Milos is the top of the market, seven to four. The Shunter in there for that man. Emmett Mullins again, three to one. Empire Street, sixes. Zanzar splits those at three to one. But as I say, first preference is Newbury. Yeah, um, I haven't got a strong opinion. Probably won't have a bet, but I thought the Shunter was was quite interesting. Um, I know you're going to get a rule four on the freeze, but... I think the race could set up well for him. There's a fair bit of pace in there. Um, you know, it's I'd be interested to know how much JP McMahon has paid for him after he won the plate. Um, and he went on to run an okay race at Aintree, didn't he, afterwards? But he's Come only... on, Kev, you must have a line on that. I know you're not going to say an actual number, but give us a rough ballpark figure. Oh, no idea. No idea. Wouldn't like no. to say it. <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll go. I'll go five hundred anyway. But his only return, well, return on that has been in the Sligo Maiden. Um, now, I think this is a good opportunity for him. You haven't seen him since the fourth in the November handicap back in November. But if he's pretty primed for this, then I think he must be going quite close here. But again, freeze with a rule four impending because Zanza won't turn up. Um, you could probably let him win. He's not in the. He's not at the end of the festival. I know the bonus doesn't apply anyways. He's just got a national entry. So there's no concerns that he's got a Cheltenham target just around the corner. Okay, interesting. Um, let's head down to Newbury, guys, and we'll come down to you first for the two tenant Newbury over the two miles, four and a half furlongs. There, it's the uh, handicap hurdle list, and Dargianini is it for Harry Deerham for Paul O'Brien is currently. Um, that I haven't even got the betting through for this. Yeah. TC, do you have the betting for this? I do. Yeah, uh, is my... I'm so disappointed. You've just mentioned his name first, Dargianini. Why? Because I was hoping for a bigger price, that was all. All oh, right. Well, I mean, he's not a bigger price. Um, TC, do I my thing isn't refreshing here. Do the betting for me, please. Uh, we have got it's quite easy. You go on odds checker, it's kind of like it's you type in the word and put dot com and then all the betting comes up. Um I'm aware of how that works, <laughs> but currently is eleven to pull, but there is seven to two elsewhere for the sake of openness. 11 to 2, what's up with you? 6 is Pylon. 13 to 2, the winner, JBY. 8 and bigger, the rest. Oh. Oh, okay. Do you want to take it away then if you've already flagged up JBY is going to win for Alan King and team? Yeah, I, I, I back this one at 13 to 2. I I think it's probably more of a 9 to 2 shot. I mean, there's no big story around it. It's um, it's £8 on its peak uh, hurdle mark. He's back to form last time over three miles. Uh, at this track uh, I think the three miles stretched his stamina to the limit he dropped away late on after looking very dangerous I think he traded six to four and running I just think coming back to two miles on decent ground uh, which he wants 
I think JB Wires is handicapped to go very, very close here on a foot 13 to 2, which is the top price around, is, is very fair. And like I said, five to one upwards, I'll be back in it as well. So JB Wire for me. And um Dan, are you 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 want to your team dodge your ninny? Yeah, you? well, I was just hoping he might appear second or third in the list, but I do think he's he's the right favourite. He's a horse I thought would do really well for. Nichols, he won a, a Sedgefield bumper impressively for Harry Whittington and he kept going off shortish prices and getting chinned for Nichols. He went off clear favourite for the Silver Trophy on his return on his debut for the stable and, and blew out. Um, but if that was a signal that he's back on track now with, Har- he's, he's with Harry Darrow, it was his second run for the yard, back over hurdles, and he beat a horse who Tony and I were putting up the other week before he was a non-runner west of the bridge who we thought was interested in that in that staying handicap and didn't take his chance. Um, two horses have run out of that race at Utoxta. I think it might be a better calibre of handicap. And one of them finished a close fourth, Godante, and the other, Ballybeg, who finished seventh on the day, came out and won next time. I've got a feeling that might be a piece of form that works out. And actually, whisper it, I'm not supposed to mention it, but I think seven to two and threes is okay. I think 11 to four, I'd be edging towards, so I'll, I'll let him win. Okay, on to the 2.45 and Zanzar is at the top of the market. There's nine to four, Paint the Dream next best at threes. Lord Battersley in there at fives. And Zanzar, this is his for the taking, TC. Please be with me on this one. Please with me on this. Uh, obviously, it's the tail of the two uh, unbeaten chasers at Nuba, isn't it? Zanzar and Paint the Dream. But quite annoyingly, the, the price I was going to put up is just gone. Uh, it was the big bite at 33s. Um, it's now into 20s. And yeah, that would probably be at the lower end what I'm looking for. That 20s is still, I think, the, pretty much the best price. I think there's a, some 25s knocking around. But the, the big bite is is interesting, not only because um, he's well handicapped, but yeah, I mean, he's got some... Yeah, it's the only time he's been here, he's run really well. He, he wants good ground. Um, he's very similar profile to enemy coast ahead. He's run two stinkers this season, but he's come down in the weights. If he comes back to his form of his second to fundable similar at Doncaster last January, then he's handicapped to, to give the course specialist something to think about. Now, like I said, the 33s has gone to 20s, uh, which is annoying, but I think you'll probably get about 25 plus win only on exchange. So yeah, I'm playing big buy. I mean, it's first time cheap, first time cheap pieces. That's, that's neither here nor there. I mean, the stable's north from 11 with that, with that headgear angle. So that wouldn't give you any confidence. But no, I think I think from a, from that mark on ground he'll like, if he's back to form, if he comes back to that Doncaster form, I think he'll go very, very close. So yeah, 20 to 1 would be a minimum price though. Okay, another big swing from Tony. Uh, Dan, where did you land in this, please? I just need someone to fill me with a bit of Zanzar confidence here. I just thought he was flattered when he won there. They went oh. they, they went like stink from the start. It was the day I backed the Venetia thing. He just didn't pick his legs up from the very from the very off. He was pushed along to go to the first fence. It was horrendous. Um, <laughs> and I just thought the leaders got racing too far out and Zanzar picked up the pieces. And I actually... I, he's been obviously been mulled as a result of the handicap. I had to put him up for that. I just think Paint the Dream is even more impeccable around here. Every, he's running three times, as TC was alluding to. He's slashed up every single time. Winning margins of seven and a half, 14 and 15, including winning this race last year. Um, flying the ointment job, potentially. I wonder if Barry will be having a chat with Paul Nichols before the weekend. 
I half assume that Espoir is gone, but obviously Nichols' race record in this race is such that you'd be interested if there was a positive word for him, but he must have bad breathing issues. He's had another wind up prior to joining Paul now. I just think Peyton the Dream, who tried to mix it with Pick Doy on, on ground that was probably too testing when I fancied him a bit last time and he ended up weakening right out of it. But Pick Doy's since given Shishkin something of a scare and beaten Fakir Duderis. I think in hindsight, that wasn't that bad a run and... Surely this is cup final territory for him. Back at his back at Newbury, and probably the thinnest edition of this race that I can recall. Only seven going to post. Okay, well, no one has filled me with Zanzar confidence then. But anyway, I'll take the boys' notes on board. Um, let's move up to Doncaster. Last meeting that we're covering on Saturday, but two good races from there to get stuck into. And uh, TC, oh, Kev, we haven't heard from you in a while, actually. Let's kick off with you, Kevin, the 1.30 at Doncaster. Um, the handicap chase over the two miles and just shut, well, just over two miles, two miles and a half of furlong. Calico for Dan Skelton, again, up at the top of the market, six to four. Pay the Piper and Hamilton, 11 to four. Exaltations for Pam Sly at fours. Mackenberg in there for the McCain team at a bigger price at nine to one. Um, where did you land here? Did it, Calico short enough? Again, six to four here. Could be a good day for them. Yeah, really interesting, Calico. Um you know, big, bigger picture stuff here as well because he he gave. Uh, would it be fair to say he gave John Bon a fright, very very briefly, maybe in their in their riveting match I think race? He, yeah, Warwick I think he did. Yeah. yeah, he gave, gave him a bit of a fright. Yeah. Um, and so John Bond supporters would be hoping he comes out and absolutely lags up here so they can rest a bit easier at night. Um, and look, the handicapper has been very reasonable. You know, I think if, if something like that happened in Ireland, they wouldn't be very reasonable. But it's only put him up a pound. Um, for that run, uh, and like that—that's pretty fair. He could have—he could have taken a more aggressive view of that um, if he—if he had wished to. And I—I I could see him winning very well, to be honest. I—I'm a believer. I, I think he—he, he, you know, when you look at the prior run at Suttle, it's clear that he is improving. And so, I, so I can believe that he did improve again at Warwick. In which case, he's well in here. Um, you'd think conditions and everything else will suit him well. And um, like really, like Harry Skelton, it was probably one of those. He probably wasn't even maximized at Warwick because I think John Bond made that mistake. And I think Skelton said, All right, here we go, and put him into the race good and early to try and put John Bond under pressure. And he probably just maybe paid for that late on. So um I, I think he improved there. And I think he'll he'll hopefully prove that here by um by going and winning well. Dan, what's the exaltation song? What's the what's the Beach Boys song? That's right up your street. Give me good vibrations. Up. There we go. Yes, it's yes. good vibrations, isn't it? Yeah, um, well played. <laughs> I missed the price of Hassan Key just then. I, I wonder if it might change from when I'd initially seen it. Sorry, V. But, tens, tens. Yeah, I, I think this horse is rounded into form, and I am I'm I'm off the pay of the piper ship. Just to some, just I'm, I was slightly perplexed by the jockey booking because Ross Chapman is such a positive jockey. Whereas Pay the Piper has tended to be, you know, one of the quieter people like McMenamin and Hughes have got the best out of him. Um, and I did think that was that was half the day to back him last time. I just think price-wise, Hassan Key's too big. He wasn't that far behind excitations at Weatherby. A couple of late mistakes didn't help him. That was his second run back from a break. He'd run in the pipe, pay the Piper race at Musselburgh when I was there, and he didn't. He ran like the race was needed. He'd been off for three months and he weakened. But last time was a step in the right direction. He's a sharp track horse. It's not like possibly ideal. I'd maybe rather see him somewhere on goodish, goodish ground, a, a sort of a more speed favouring course. But 
I'm not sure this is going to be some sort of stamina test. And he has got a turn of foot. He's a half a short runner, but I thought he was quite interesting after showing a bit more at Weatherby last time and 10 to 1. Yeah, good bit of value. Thank you very much, 10s. Um, last race to discuss is the 3.15 at Doncaster. That is, of course, the Grimthorpe, the feature race up there on Saturday. Three miles, two furlongs, the Handicap Chase and Cooper's Cross for the Colford team. It's your nine to four favourite. Does he know the talented but enigmatic does he know for the Kim Bailey operation? 11 to four. Castle Robin, Charlie Longston, nine to two under supervision. Nigel Twiston Davis, 11 to two. And the old boy Windsor Avenue in there for Brian Ellison at eight. Sporting job next best at 10. Just the first few in the betting for you. Dan, should we kick off with you here? Where did you land in the Grimthorpe? This is up your street, isn't it? I, I may be raining on Kev's parade here, but there is a classic. I mean, look at the potential class angle that Dozzy Know has. He's giving away. I know. He's giving away sixteen pounds. I mean, Sporting Johnny's obviously a very classy operator, but I won't lie. I have no idea where he is at the minute. I don't know what the plan is. I don't know if there is a plan. I don't know if he's gone at the game. And and after that, you you really are in the realms of horses that we know a fair bit about. Cooper's Cross, obviously. Imp- quite impressive when the way he went through the sky. But anyway, despite jumping right, he managed to he managed to hold on and probably would have done if if Gar Law hadn't have fallen at the last. I just think it, it's purely that for me. It's, does he know has conditions in his favour and he's a graded horse running against established handicappers? Is that the angle in Kev? Are you backing up those thoughts predictably? Of course it is. Um, he, he, he was very good at he was very good at chess at the time before. In fairness, like off a mark of one five two, um, one idling for me, um, and look ran grand and it ran well, I suppose, in a grade two last time. But look back in a handicap, he's going to bust these, isn't he? Um, conditions will suit. Uh, like geez, I was sporting John now. The blinkers. Blinkers will need to work as well as a trip to Lourdes for him now, the way he's been mm-hmm. running. So, and they could, you know, blinkers can do mad old things. But um, yeah, does he know? I, I thought it was really solid. Should should be should be fab, to be honest, shouldn't he? I think, well, yeah, probably given the class angle in here, Levit for is second best currently. TC, are you going to make it a full house for the class angle that is, does he know? Yeah, I, I tipped him anti post on Tuesday at nine to two. Um, Obviously, Love very it. happy that position. I probably won't be pressing up at eleven to four, but you know he he can he carried twelve stone when winning at Cheltenham. Apparently, he's not the biggest, but it didn't stop him then. I doubt it will stop him here. As long as Doncaster haven't really overwatered, then I think the ground's going to be in his favour. I think he actually got dropped a pound for that running the Betfair Denman Chase last time, and you know that was that was probably I know it was not a lot, but I mean I didn't need to drop him because obviously Zanders. Very, very good horse round there. Hitman, we know what he's like. And he was giving them four pounds. So uh, I think he ran as well as ever last time. I've got 157. Providing the ground rides good as advertised, then, yeah, I think he, he, he hopefully, he will outclass these. Okay. Yeah, for we have a full house double, Vanessa. A yeah, full house double. Say, we, yeah, yeah. A full house double. That it's rare. so rare that happens. It's rare that you all agree, and it's happened twice in the same show. Absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, the the, the Bill Barber guys. does he no double? Bill, mm. Bar- <laughs> Bill Barber. <laughs> oh damn it! Now we know um, who you think about when you go to bed at night, Vanessa. Oh, oh please, oh. it's the industry supremo, BB. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> BB, yeah, Bill Barber. I hope he doesn't listen to this. It's going to be cringe if he does. Anyway, right, nobody, guys, nobody at the Racing Post will listen to this. 
you might know you might you might be surprised actually <laughs> um shall we shall we do naps guys because that wraps up all the racing on itv on saturday so let's do the naps no one wants to know mine but you will not be surprised here that it's are at Nibri in the 245 um kev we better come to you first seeing as we're still languishing at the bottom of the naps table Come yeah, and I, I don't have one at a big price to swing at this week, so I'll just try and take it a little a little bite of my deficit, but that does, you know. Yeah, okay, fair, fair. And to be, you know, you're staying true to yourself with the class horse in handicap, so we like that. That's why we have you, Kev. Uh, TC, <laughs> is one of your naps one of your big swings? Well, I'm trying to find out who nicked my 33 is the big bite, so I'm going to have to rewrite my copy. Um, oh. I'm, uh, I'll tell you what I'll do, because we settle at bet for SP and because there's 16 runners in the Moor battle and we're getting four places, uh, I'm going to go win and place Nayati in the Moor battle hurdle. Oh, okay. Love it. Fair. And what about you, Dan? Uh, Tony, so I put the willies up me slightly with um, the stable <laughs> form issue, but I'm sticking with Santos Blue in the three o'clock at Kelso. We've had enough okay. witty talk today. Definitely. Yeah, far too much. Far too much. Right. And on that note, uh, listeners and viewers out there, thank you very much, as always, for joining I'm us. I'm sure you'll have a very good festival. Can... They'll probably be top trainer. Yeah. Um, nicely done, Dan. I see what you did there. Um, yeah, do gamble responsibly this weekend. Enjoy yourselves, but do gamble responsibly. And do not forget the bet 10, get 10 offer, but please read the show's description. Cannot reiterate that enough. But for now, thank you very much for watching and listening. That was Racing Any Better. We will be back on Monday with Wade In, and I will be back in the UK by then. But for now, it's goodbye from Portugal. <laughs>